0: Celebrities poop, celebrities poop Did you know that all celebrities poop?
1: We're here with Chris Gore. You can follow him on Twitter at that Chris Gore. Uh, thanks for sitting down with us, Chris. Uh,
2: thanks for having me on the show. It's uh, I, it's we're here in uh, lovely Anaheim.
1: Yeah. You know? Is it, how, how many times have you been to WonderCon?
2: Well, I was going to WonderCon um, when it was in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Um, I started going a couple. God, it was like maybe four or five years ago when it was in San Francisco at the Moscone Center, and it was it was a Bay Area convention that was kind of. A holdover from Comic-Con. You know, Comic-Con in San Diego is the big show. Right. WonderCon was sort of like the, in case you couldn't go to Comic-Con in San Diego. Yeah. Um, they've since moved it to Anaheim the last, like, uh, two, three years, and it's been amazing. Wow. I don't think it's ever going to go back to San Francisco, unfortunately. Right. Um, and I miss being able to go to the Bay Area just because I love the Bay Area. It's beautiful, and it's just different scenery from SoCal. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but WonderCon is amazing. It really is. Like this,
1: this is our first time. We're we're oh, WonderCon really? virgins. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. Well, you're gonna so love. We're very it. excited. It's, to- yeah. it's
2: uh, we'll check out some panels too. Don't just go to the floor and see all the stuff you can buy. Right. Um, right. I like to look for the stuff when I look at stuff that I want to see to potentially purchase at the show. I always look for things that I can't get on the internet. Right. You know, you can pretty much get everything, and it's, you know, you can get people's business cards if they've got like a small, but I go to like the small press, I go to the, um, you know, the people that do their, they've got an Etsy. And they're making like, you know, Pokemon crochet toilet paper holders.
1: (laughs) Uh, Which everyone needs one of those. Who
2: doesn't need a Charizard crochet toilet paper holder? Um, So I look for stuff like that because they're really like more like one of a kind items. Whereas, like, look, if it's a Batman action figure, I'm going to find that on Etsy or eBay or or, Or Amazon, probably. Cheaper.
1: And cheaper. Well, easier.
2: yeah. I mean, I do like just paying cash and walking yeah. out. You can negotiate out. though a
3: little bit here, can't you? You
2: can negotiate. Yes, and this is the day to do it.
3: Right. You Sunday. came on the, Sunday. You, Sunday. Day. Sunday. Yes, you came on the <laughs>
2: best day to purchase items. Because uh, here it is. It's you know, Sunday to purchase stuff. What's that? Cool <laughs> we we the show is being upstaged <laughs> yeah. by a by Dalek. A child in a robot <laughs> there is a Dalek, that's a Dalek awesome. that moved that's oh my gosh. Any, was,
1: anything can happen here at WonderCon. Funny
2: thing about Doctor Who. Funny thing about Doctor Who, I had this theory and then I went to Gallifrey One, which is another convention all about Doctor Who stuff. And I always had this theory, having watched Doctor Who when I was a kid, which were like, you know, the old school Doctor Who where, you know, when, it, when they were indoors, it was shot on video. Right. And when they went outdoors, it was shot on 16 millimeter film. <laughs> Which was always really weird like and jarring that they changed media. But I, I I had this theory that it's like every episode of that show is so weird. to be like, why are there knights in shining armor but they have kangaroo heads? You know, it's just the weirdest. And I always had this theory that it's like whatever was in the prop department um, at the time, the writers would just go, I don't know. We've got like a canoe. We've got some slot machines, garbage cans, and a bunch of toilet plungers. You guys have we'll to make it an work. episode. Let's yeah. make it work. So I like, talked to one of the writers at Gallifrey One, whose name escapes me, and ask like directly, like, is that was that a thing? Did you guys just like go to the prop department and just get inspired by what you could do cheaply or for free?
1: Yeah, work with um, what you have. Yeah. It's
0: basically like Apollo thirteen where they're like you have a sock and like <laughs> yeah. two. No, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you have to make this device. And this will land your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is they, that what
1: is the answer so was? The answer was, was yes. They oh, basically wow.
2: MacGyvered those stories. By coming up with stuff that was um, they had access to, you know, props and, and costumes and things they had access to, and then they just built a story around that because the show was so cheaply produced yeah. at the time, not as respected, where they didn't even bother. I mean, they taped over episodes or episodes that don't exist because Aww. they just recycled tape stock. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so over there the, on the commotion you hear behind you is a Dalek rolling its way through
1: yes
0: and it's A crazy. small child
2: is birthed <laughs> out of it. Yeah. Exactly.
1: There is, there is exactly. a very large Doctor Who His presence here. I've already noticed.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, there, there are pretty much every convention. I love there are different, like, tribes within the conventions. Right. There's like, well, there's the Doctor Who people. <laughs> yeah. There's your Star Trek. There's your Star Wars. There's your prequel Star Wars. Are there ever any, there's like, your <laughs> There's your Klingons. They're not And then there are tribes within tribes. You know, there's like, well, there's the Jedi. Well, <laughs> yeah. then there's your droids. And there's your, you know, it's like every type. But I love that about what I love about geek culture is it's so accepting and you're not going to find um, we we're talking about this yesterday you're not going to find like a lot of racism here right at, right. at a, a comic oh, no. convention a, a geek no. gathering because people got over that shit watching the old Star Trek episodes in the 60s which <laughs> dealt with those insane issues that that plague most of society today We worked it out in geek culture. We're just like we don't care, green skin, blue skin, whatever.
3: As long as somebody's getting lucky. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
2: So um, I love that, and I love that also. Like it's weird. Security here can be a little, you know, overzealous in their jobs. Right. But you'll find uh, no more polite
1: audience. There's no, there's no geek knife fights going on or anything.
2: Yeah, <laughs> never, always. never. And even that, there was that famous thing that happened years ago at uh, Comic Con in San Diego where somebody got stabbed in Hall H with a pencil. That was an accident. <laughs> just to dispel <laughs> that. A it, just to dispel that. They were two friends sitting next to each other. They were too excited about their seats. They were not in big a big fight. And somebody just, just like if I had a pen and I was like, oh my God, look yeah. at that! Baby. Whoa! And yeah. I just accidentally hit you in the eye. That, that, that makes so much
1: more head. sense than a malicious. <laughs> It was. It wasn't a malicious act. It was
2: completely an accident. It was a freak accident that got blown up as Nerves somebody are clumsy, spabbed. you guys. Yes, exactly. nerds <laughs> are definitely they're awkward
3: with our movements. So,
2: so like, but it, you know, whereas at a sporting event you definitely need the extra security you definitely oh, for need it. Sure. sports oh, yeah. fans get a little too you know hey we won let's burn the town let's you know <laughs> yeah let's flip a flip car, flip a car. Yeah. look no one was harmed after the release of star wars episode 1 even though fans may have wanted to riot and or flip over cars and burn things we were very polite we were just sad and alone. We
1: just yeah. held it
0: inside. I, yeah. I, wor-
1: I worked at a movie theater when uh, episode one came out.
2: Okay, how, d- how did that go? <laughs>
1: I have to hear this. It was, uh, well... It
2: was bleak.
0: It was
1: odd. Just, I mean, it was basically like being at a convention at my theater because there was so many people in costume. Um, but it was, you could see the dichotomy between the excitement of people going in <laughs> and then just the bleak sadness of people coming out. <laughs> and, and then here I here I am like waiting to clean the theater, and it's like... I'm the least sad person in this movie theater right now, and I have to clean everybody else's shit from the theater. And all these poor nerds are so much more sad. And, uh, yeah, it was... uh...
2: That really was a touchstone, I think, for everybody, was that movie. I mean, like, like, I almost, like, say, like, now, I don't care about the Star Wars movies. I like everything... Outside. Outside of the movies, I love that, oh, look at these toys. I mean, I don't have room for them, right. but I love to look at them. Yeah. I mean, look, I love talking to fans about the Star Wars universe. I love the cosplay. I love the hype. Oh, do you know that the first uh, teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode Seven is going to premiere in December 2014? You know, like, I yeah. love everything surrounding it, all the like, well, then it's like, oh my God, you know, some uh, pictures of the toys leaked online. The Millennium Falcon, they painted it black. You know, they are going <laughs> on a special ops mission. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and C-3PO, green. It's a green C-3PO. <laughs> it's he goes, over the he goes underwater now. It's an <laughs> underwater. The droids go, whoa. So I love everything about it. You know, the movies are sort of like, a oh, yeah, and then there's the, we have to go right. see the right, right. So I can't wait for the fact that we're going to have a new green Star Wars War. trilogy, potentially yeah. even a trilogy after that. And other you know, short-off? Yes. Wow. short-off movies as well. 79, yeah, the, the shoot-off movies rumored to be. Boba Fett film, Yoda oh. movie, and a young Han Solo movie. You know, how he yo, won that. the Millennium Falcon yo, yo, yo. in a card game. Yeah. Uh, how how he befriended this Wookiee that's now his life partner.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, no, not a life partner. What would you call it? It's a life debt, isn't it? Is Li- it's a life debt, yes. Yeah, so... so um, <laughs> So Han yeah, uh, hes in the Bears, is essentially. He's, he's, he, yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely that in a part bears. of the yeah, Wookiee Wookiee Nation. A yeah.
2: bear trapper—is that yeah. what they're called? In, <laughs> I think community? I think that
1: might be what they're called.
2: <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so so I am excited about that. I'm excited that like for the next ten years, it's just going to be Star Wars hype nonstop. I mean, I, I you know that was I, my epiphany movie. You know, seeing that movie—it's the movie that makes you fall in love with movies. The movie that real—it's the movie that makes you realize like that like oh my god like this this changed my life just the way i look at everything
0: yeah
2: um that's lord of
0: the rings was for me
2: was that really because everybody has an epiphany movie where it's like that's the movie that's it and i've always loved movies as a gateway to talk about things that have nothing to do with the movie but talk about love life sex technology how you know how technology affects relationships I think her was my favorite movie of oh, last year. Yeah. Uh, mine too. And that absolutely. really was about more than what was on the surface. So many absolutely. layers to that film. Yeah, totally. So, what's what's everyone's epiphany movie? Um,
0: I mean, that was my epiphany into, like, the just rabbit hole of nerddom. Like, I think it, it was a life-changing movie for me because I got so in.
2: You can have more than one epiphany and movie. Right. You right. know, I I mean, you have multiple epiphany movies. This was about, you know, Eternal Sunshine, I think, fits in. Let's, well, I just you know, noticed like that of is a genres word.
0: of epiphany movies like that was probably like my epiphany for like nerddom. I think my like epiphany for like comedy movies. Gosh, there's a few. It'd be like Coming to America, like Billy Madison, <laughs> like shaped it. Maybe this, I think the Simpsons actually. The John was,
1: Hughes stuff for yeah. Me the
0: John big, Hughes stuff for big like
1: man Breakfast Club. Yeah. Ferris but Bueller. I don't. Yeah.
0: So
3: I don't for, know. for me, but, it yeah. would be for an animated show, um, Avatar. Blue. I. I'm, it's off Netflix now, which upsets me very much. But I watched it probably three times through. That's like it's like a hundred episodes or something. One of the most amazing shows I've ever seen in my life. Not. Just, I mean, animation great, story great. And like I, I remember watching it, and like I would tell it to people, and they're like, I, like you, you need to see the show, how great the Last Airbender is. And they're like, well, it's animated. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, people who work in television need to see the show to, to see how character arcs work, and it is just so multi-level an amazing show like every time I get to the end of it I'm like I'm not going to cry again this
1: <laughs> is the fourth time but, but, I, you I, yeah, but you did yeah I did and every I was like everything's
0: going to be okay did you watch was... The Last
3: Airbender M. Night Shyamalan and like want to kill and yourself and that is the the <laughs> It's the going in going
1: in uh, happy Last Airbender, and yeah. Movies. Yeah, and,
3: yeah but it's okay because Legend of Korra is now out on TV and that's like it's like it's like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get hurt too bad they're like you know what we're going to come back with show. we're going to show you we need to make we're people forget immediately about this movie yeah, that movie's
1: beyond that. My mine was definitely Romero's *Dawn of the Dead* for me. That was. Oh my god, you're right! I saw that as
2: a kid. Same here. Yeah, that, when, you, yeah when that, that, was when a that game door changer opens, for me. when that door flies open, the SWAT team and yeah. the guy gets his head blown oh. up. Oh. You had never <laughs> no, seen anything no. like that <laughs> previous yeah. in yeah. the history. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that at a marathon. I mean, I was little when I saw it. And it was this movie marathon where it started with, like, Night of the Living Dead. There were a couple other movies. And they showed, I think, Dawn of the Dead at, like, 5 a.m. It was, yeah. like, the climax was, and you get to see Dawn of the Dead. And it was, like, some at some really scary downtown theater in Detroit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah and, and I just I just remember being blown away. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, Born and... and- <laughs>
0: Come on, you little bastards!
1: (laughs) Pulley's got eight shit, man.
2: The
0: guy, the zombie who gets his head chopped off by a helicopter. Oh, no. no, no, no just no,
2: the top of his head.
0: Top actually. of his head, yeah, his head,
1: yeah. Just and just the whole. I, and I like how Romero's movies have you know substance to them. They're not just. There's always a a symbolism going on in them, and he's always trying to send a message. And um, I think, yeah, just the the whole idea that he would tackle consumerism, and by by <laughs> setting this zombie movie in a shopping mall, and, and yeah, and just that to me was. And I watched tons oh, so of horror movies growing up but that was the one that I watched I was like oh this is more than just a horror movie like there's a lot going on here and that I mean that set off my whole I'm a uber zombie dog. I've probably seen it. Almost there. Yeah. I've fallen off a little bit in the recent years of oh, stage. You watch Walking Dead, stuff. I assume. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I that and that I love hate relationship with
2: Walking Dead. Yeah, me too. Me too. This last yeah. season. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, well,
0: yeah, we loved,
2: got to terminus. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, I will say I did love the finale. I was a big fan of the finale.
0: I actually uh, liked it a lot too. Yeah.
1: Uh, just because I thought I liked that they connected the the trapping the animals stuff and. And I like how they, uh, the whole tone of the scene when they got to Terminus, uh, everything just felt really off. There. I thought they, the nuance was good, but there were so many episodes, and that's the way Walking Dead is, is you'll have one great episode, then you have five more that nothing is happening, and, and look, I don't need there to be crazy action sequences, but just more substance going on, not just kind of wandering around aimlessly, and I felt like there were a lot, but there's a lot of episodes in that show, in between the ones you're like, this is what I watched this show so I just yeah. like that they're making
2: uh, hippies and hipsters at, like the, the villains. <laughs> yeah, they're coming. Hey, come to Terminus. Cool. Yeah. We're yeah. having a barbecue. <laughs> you know, they're... Don't ask what the meat is made yeah, of. Yeah. I think it was pretty obvious. They never actually spelled it out, though. No, no it's That's just was from nice. like, it was, it was very they dual. didn't spell it out. But I think there's not anyone that was thinking
1: you that, don't that see was freaking weird. Around. You don't see any, they don't have any cows or any like <laughs> right. chickens or pigs around. I mean, just you, but you, see, you see you see, her cooking those huge steaks on that grill, yeah. and you're like, oh, mm, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you I, saw
0: the part where they were, like, running through, and they had yeah. like passed, like, a nasty-ass, like, It looked bone like almost yard. like a slaughterhouse yeah. or something.
2: yeah. Like a bone section of yeah. the yard. Yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty, uh, I, I'm excited, but I also feel like it took a whole season to get to that, and then, yeah, yeah. like, okay, well, now, now I'm interested in what's happening, and you the rug under me. You
1: know? right. Now I gotta wait until right. October. But
2: whatever. I mean, like the <laughs> biggest complaint gotta wait. Yeah, <laughs> it really sucks. It is yeah. a long wait, though. It is yeah. a long
1: wait. It is a long wait. Yeah. Um, so, for some of our listeners that may not be familiar with your work, and um, talk a little bit about basically how you got involved in being the film buff that you are, and you know, G four and Attack of the, got the show Little Minecraft and, guy going, going the by. Minecraft guy going by. That's pretty um, sweet.
2: That's cute. <laughs>
1: So,
0: so and if he falls over, are, he's are, totally
2: protected. Are you asking uh, the secret origin? Of, uh, yeah, the origin story of, yeah? of Chris Gore. I was written. I was bitten by a radioactive George Lucas, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then you're like, no, I don't know. Um, no, I've just always been interested in film stuff. I mean, and then started a film zine right. when I was in high school called Film Thread right. that I sold to Larry Flint and there oh. was in print That was in print for like 20 a little over 20 years 25 years wow. Wow. No, no it was in print for since yeah for like 15 years then Transition. became a website transitioned to a website in the late 90s and continues to be a website, FilmThreat.com, that I right. sold to a guy uh, who's a great friend and used to work for me, Mark Bell, okay. runs FilmThreat.com. It's nice so, that it's in good hands. Yeah, it's an yeah. indie film thing. And I've written a couple of books. I wrote a book. Here's a the, the, the fun fact I like to throw out, if anybody asks. Whatever, I, I, uh, I, I'm a college dropout.
3: Okay.
2: Went to college for film. A lot and, of the um, are. and I, it was a couple things where it's like I knew I really wanted to go to USC Film School, which is where George Lucas went. Right. And I wanted to go, but I could not afford. It's like yeah, I didn't, I didn't I really grow up rich. A- didn't my family no money? Parents got divorced when I was young. Kind of broke. Raised by a single mom. Kind of a normal dude. So um, <laughs> I went to the campus of USC, and I bought as many of the books for the film program that I could and then I wrote the names of the, of the books and the authors uh, of all of the books for the entire film program Through the, and then I eventually read all those books so I thought wow if I can't afford the insane tuition at USC I could read the same books as these rich motherfuckers so um, so so that's what I did and then eventually what ended up happening is I wrote this book called The Ultimate Film Festival Survival Guide right, right which in its fourth, it's now its fourth edition with Random House. That book is required reading. At places like USC, UCLA, One. AFI, you USC, yeah. take that <laughs> uh, formal education. Fuck you. Um, so yeah, so I am definitely more of a self-starter, DIY guy. Like I don't school of hard knocks. Yeah, I didn't get up in the morning and go. Well, I'm gonna write. Someone's gonna hire me to write a book. I'll get. A, I'll go get a job writing a book, or I'll go get a job oh. doing a magazine, or I'll go a lot of my passion projects were just like thought I should do this Yeah. like you know I've only been doing comedy for like the last four years but it was at the urging of every one of my friends saying you know when, when I did panels or I would do television or do other stuff it's like they would just say you're funny how come you don't do stand up comedy and it was Jonah Ray from the Nerdist podcast, oh, yeah. of right. course a comedian and, and a TV guy I mean I love Jonah and he worked at at G4 and he was like dude it's just, you just, it's just confidence just get up on stage and say funny shit yeah. Yeah. so he put me up at Nerd Melt like four years ago and Aww. I really am grateful that he gave me my start and after that it was just like I get booked from one comedy gig to the other and now I do comedy shows at conventions <laughs> and I put out an album and a book called "Celebrities Poop which is a parody it's two things you can buy the book and the album or you can just buy the album which is on iTunes and Amazon but the book is a page-for-page parody of the book *Everyone Poops* by Taro Gomi, which is one of the top ten-selling children's books of all time. And my daughter did the paintings of the book, which no. is in the style. No, no, it's in the awesome. style of Taro Gomi. That's
1: so amazing. she's she's
2: a very accomplished artist. So she's embarrassed. And if you read in the back of the book, she writes this thing disavowing. Having anything to do with this project, <laughs> wow.
3: which That's I think is funny. That's yeah, so,
2: so, so yeah. So she wrote this thing in the in the back of the book, and I, there's even a theme song at the beginning. Um, yeah, so since I put the book out, because Oprah's in the book, Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, Mel Gibson, Tom Hanks, Jay Leno, Howard Stern, like different people pictures of Oprah that were on my Etsy where I was selling well I got an email from Brand Protection at HarpoProductions.com basically saying you can't use Oprah's name to sell this book so I had to take pictures of her down and I never mentioned her as being a part of it.
0: Uh-huh. Until but today. But <laughs> in
2: case you go to celebritiespoop.com <laughs> or just Google Celebrities Poop, you'll be able to find a print copy of the book. And eventually I'm going to put it on Kindle and as a free audiobook
1: as and well. And you should go to celebritiespoop.com because he brought us a copy of this book. And it's and it fucking hilarious. Oh, and it it And I'm, I'm dumbfounded that your daughter painted it. Because it does look exactly like in the style of the original... Uh, everybody poops. Well. It's
2: 47 paintings of celebrities taking a poop. It's.
3: I gotta do an art hey, show. High art. Yeah. It's, I gotta
2: do an art show. Andy Someone that wants to do an art show. I think we gotta do some art show and actually sell some of the art. Yeah. And it's pretty. It's pretty. It's, I, I don't know. This is. These are just. These are just random jokes and or. I might have tweeted these. I like to recycle. <laughs> so, um, I'm just gonna t- tell you some of these. Girls' Night Out isn't that really Dildo's Night In? (laughs) Uh, Dane Cook has like 10 million friends on MySpace. (laughs) Not really much more to say about that one. Uh, you know, I miss the old days when being a teabagger meant putting your balls on someone else's face <laughs> Call me
3: old-fashioned
2: I'm proud of it, so, uh, but I'm working on a new comedy album now So pretty much like around town in LA, I just try out new material The new album will be called Girls Eating Hot Dogs at 2am <laughs> <laughs>
3: Working on the material, as well as I have days. the
2: theme song for my, for my album
3: you uh, yeah, put it up to if that you
2: wanna, If you want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely I'm serious. It's well I I don't know what it is. It's I want to start a thing with Did comedy you sing albums. It yourself? No, no. I hired a, I mean it's just, look, it's not, it's not, yeah. it's you know what? I'll just I'll just play it for you. <laughs> let the music speak for itself. I'll just play it for you, let the music speak for itself. But I, I'm trying to start a trend with comedy albums where you I'll do a theme song for my comedy album. So <laughs> So uh, I have a theme song Working on a poster um, That will be a promotional tie-in With the album Where I had Hundreds of my female friends on Facebook send me photos of themselves eating hot dogs. It's
3: a horrible thing to
2: receive in your... In a giant (laughs) photo mosaic of a hot dog that if you look closely at the hot dog, it's girls eating hot dogs. Nice. So, um... I'm going to try and do most of this album clean. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know where I'm going to record We try to yet. do the
1: podcast clean, too. and That doesn't usually work out to us. Yeah. You can
2: bleep it. I mean, you can bleep it. I think I said fuck. Well, that makes a like, fuck. No, oh,
1: no, don't. No, we, no, no. We, we don't. We, we don't, don't, know. Like, I, don't, I get it. <laughs> we would have um, never aired That ship has sailed long ago. I try yeah. to, yeah.
2: But uh, the comedy, for me, is really a great way to like network, meet right. people who work in television, or people I respect that are other comedians. Mm-hmm. I think one yeah. of the best yeah. compliments is when... You know, another comic comes up to you and says, "Great set," which is yeah. Uh, Thomas Lennon at my first oh, gig awesome. said that, which was nice. awesome because cool, he's huh? Bruce Wayne's doctor, so
1: uh, also an accomplished he plays
2: screenwriter a in quite a few movies. Actually, yes, exactly. No, I love Thomas that Lennon. He
1: has that look. I to love that guy. guy. Yeah. yeah,
2: he's the best. But yeah, so that's I always get like that to me is you know even better than getting laughs from the audience, which my goal is not necessarily always to get laughs. It's to not bore the audience, right, and yeah. most of the time, I succeed. That's so a good. Got. That's a Great. good. That's a good level to set. Yeah, I set the bar pretty low. Let's be honest, but uh, yeah. So so yeah, just um, so so these so you got, you got are a lot of, going on right now. Well, I, I have to because I get I get bored pretty easily. I mean, my my day. Job, I have a lot of friends who work in the entertainment industry. Right. As do we all. Yes. Right. And it's like they'll say like, well, I'm a writer, and it's like, well, what are you really? Yeah, how are right. you really <laughs> making money? And it's like. How I make money is I have a social media marketing company. Oh, nice. And I'll tweet for celebrities in certain movies. Oh, that's oh cool. um, And yeah. I'm a line item on the budget. I hire my company. I do the tweeting. And it's like a job I can do for like two to four hours a day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, in my, I can be sitting Pajanas. in my pajamas. That's right. Yep. You're um, you somebody who has the foresight to be like ahead of the wave. Like, you, like the wave of... You know what's what's kind of going to be popular.
2: Social media
1: marketing, man, it's huge. So yeah, so
2: yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, um, that that is like, but also you really have to know like what algorithms work. You know, have to, have to know like appropriateness. It's got to be. You know, I just so that is that is like my business on the side, right? While pursuing my passion projects like comedy album book. Uh, other TV projects that I'm working on, working on, been working on for the last couple of years, two animated shows of um, that yeah. I'm very excited about. So, but you know how long it takes to do oh, yeah, stuff in yeah. TV?
1: Absolutely, it takes forever. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes
2: for freaking ever. Like, yeah, had yeah, this idea for like nine years, and then
1: it could take forever, and then it's not going. happen, and yeah, yeah. not yeah. happen.
2: But I always find that, like, to me, that from concept to reality, average time, just yeah. my experience, whether it's film, TV, it's seven years. Yeah you got the idea you're working on it it's passion it's like this thing that just won't leave your brain it's always percolating right and like with one of the projects uh, The Last Guys on Earth this cartoon I've been doing like it's like something where it's like I'll get together with my friend the co-writer and just we keep coming up with more ideas which tells me I think it's a solid idea
1: absolutely it's That's like oh side. yeah this
2: like yeah well what about if the two guys like this happen what like <laughs> just add it to the notebook of like Titles for episodes and right. concepts, you know, one line premises. So you
1: yeah, know how that then, goes. Yeah, yeah and then you get you start working with other people to develop it and get more cooks in the kitchen, and they want to put their stamp on it. And, Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 but, yeah but it, it does get long. Like, like-minded,
2: process. like-minded people in the writing. Yeah. People all add to it, and yeah. if you look at the history of the character, you know, we are now this year celebrating Batman's seventy-fifth anniversary. That's um, true. As a character here at yesterday. here at both Wonder Camp, WonderCon, Camp, WonderCon <laughs> Wonder <laughs> if you're in France, WonderCon. Um, <laughs> And, and uh, it's really something that, like, was, of course, created by Bob Kane, but, you know, Bill Finger and, like, all these other people added right. to the mythology by creating other characters in the universe. You know, even the television show, the character of Jim Gordon was never in the comics. James Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, was created in the television show as a plot device to give Batman oh, the, the, here's the someone, mission, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the mission that, that you have to solve this you know, week. So Commissioner Gordon yeah. was created in a TV show that then migrated into the comics. Yeah. And then of course was completely not used. I think James Gordon has like three lines in the Michael Keaton Batman movies oh yeah, yeah he's only say, like thank you Batman <laughs> thanks Batman for helping <laughs> and then and then of course you know uh, Christopher Nolan Really made Commissioner Gordon like this pivotal
1: character Gary was awesome.
0: by
2: Gary Oldman. Yeah, exactly. He was, but he was sometimes
0: yeah. incoherent. Like, I don't know what. Everybody he was, to was do. incoherent. I, mean, I like that. Christopher like <laughs> Nolan movies, mainly everyone's incoherent. <laughs> yeah. Like, giving yeah, well, Ken Watanabe <laughs> the most significant lines in
1: Inception. Come yeah. on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, and now, but, and now Commissioner Gordon's getting his own TV show. Yes. So, oh, we well, really? yeah, they're doing
2: so when you look at oh, it, it's like this stop. character's created, and then people add and add and add. I mean, you know that. Like, any. Uh, TV writer's room, you know, yeah. people are adding, like, what about this minor character that's, like, a like an afterthought that suddenly becomes, like, really popular with the audience right. and then they're spinning off a show, like Breaking Bad and, yeah. you know, Better Call Saul, Yeah,
3: yeah, no,
1: I
2: don't know who created his character. I love Bob Odenkirk. He was in yeah. a movie nice. that I that's produced a uh, number of years ago called My Big Fat Independent Movie. Right, right. I uh, co-wrote and produced that film, and Bob you know, was in the film as this character, um, He's a character based on Tim Roth's character in Reservoir Dogs. He lives in the trunk of the two hitmen that are going to Vegas to pull a botched robbery. So every time they open the trunk, right. they say, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm thinking about putting French doors in here. What do you think? And he's always in the trunk. We shot him out in 30 minutes, but he's in the entire movie. That's you awesome. can hear the audio every time they open the trunk. It's like this, you know, reverse shot. Where you just see over the shoulder, and it's just Bob riffing on stuff. So it's That's amazing. I, I love that guy. So um, yeah, like. I mean, you know, you you work in television, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about yourself.
1: Uh, Nobody wants to hear about me. (laughs) Yes, I want to hear about you. (laughs) Uh, Well, I I work as a uh, writer on Mike and Molly on CBS. Nice. So. That's enough. That's that's enough. I help you. About, after eight years of being what? a production yeah, assistant. You, you finally yeah, he's finally done yeah, the yeah. We're all I was, very
2: proud of him. I've yeah. Caleb Bacon, who works in Sullivan and Sons, and that yes. was you know he worked as
1: a, worked his way up. Yes, Caleb, like, Caleb is our mutual friend that. Yes, brought that's us
2: together. right. That's, that's how this that. happened. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know that's the case. You kind of like you know you make your bones,
1: and you know you see that process and how it works, right? And Absolutely. then you
2: understand it, and
1: you know. And a lot of it is just not giving up, too, and right. continuing to work hard and, you know... Also being professional and reliable. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that helps. Yeah, that's definitely, safe. definitely. And it is very easy to reviews. burn bridges and, you know, make a name for yourself in the right way and in the wrong way. So right, I think right. a lot of it, yeah, it's, it seems like it's a very big town, but it's in reality, it's a very small town. Um, but I know our fans are more interested to know what some of your favorite guilty pleasure slash bad movies would be if you had to pick some.
2: Oh, gosh. I don't know. My guilty pleasure movies actually are movies that other people might consider... I don't know. I love, like, Logan's Run.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Logan's Run is one of my favorite movies. And, and the thing is, it holds up because of the performance of performances of Jenny Auguter and Michael York. Yeah. And Jenny Auguter, who, I, high praise, uh, was in... Of course, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Right. In a, in a part that was like, "Whoa, she kicks ass, and she's still hot." Yeah. Oh my God, I love. Was her she the daughter. one
1: on the that panel that she was like the, the sort herself. of council yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, Reveals yeah, herself. Yeah. 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 Um, to be Black Widow, but no. Um, Logan's uh, Run is incredible in production design too. I mean, for well, production dirt, design amazing. Yeah. yeah, the special effects. I mean, which you look at it now, it's like oh, some people would argue. Well, that
2: yeah, like, like like look at that giant model train set. Right, it's amazing <laughs> that they did. But it's the music, you know, the musical score. It's the acting. Yeah, um, and just like I, 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 I'll go back to that. But yeah, that's sort of a guilty pleasure and, movie. A, I think,
1: and a big precursor yeah. to the dystopian thing that seems right. to be the wave of popularity uh, you know, every, was Logan's Run every...
2: book yes yeah, so it was it was, it was a book okay. written by a guy named William William F. Nolan who oddly enough um, was interviewed not by me but by a guy named Tim Caldwell an old issue of Film Threat he was friends with James Dean back in the 50s like around the time where he died in that horrible uh, Porsche accident yeah. Yeah. and so we did this interview with him and he's always talked about doing like a sequel to Logan's Run Like I think it's like Logan's Sanctuary or something. Uh, I've always loved that movie. But the funny thing is, I read the book as a kid, and it's so different than the movie. They used kind of the movie as like the basis. It was about you know, it really was the thematic uh, undertones of it was you know the the uh, youth sort of the youth movement of the 60s, yeah. right? And, oh, we're just going to kill older people, you know? Right. You reach, And I think in the book it was, like, over 21 or something, or over 23. In the movie it's 30, but they, they, they actually, I think, changed. This is where it's like the book was, like, this good sort of, like, material to use, but then they actually, the movie's actually better, I think, than the book. Right. Because the, the, the book's kind of meandering in a lot of ways. Right, right. So, yeah. <laughs> I love movies. I also ruin movies for myself. And it's because I think just a little too much. For example, I'll watch a movie and I might think to myself, why does a robot from the future have an Austrian accent? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Why does Logan from Logan's Run have a British accent? Can anybody tell me? Why do Romans in movies, you know, they're Italian, right? Why do they have British accents? (laughs) Why does Bob, the robot from The Black Hole, talk like he's from Texas? (laughs) Bob! And also, do you remember The Black Hole? Because, boy, that movie sucked. Uh, I thought that was awful. Now, um, 2012, what a year last year was when it didn't end, right? (laughs) 2012 did not end, but it got me thinking for a second. Let's buy the idea that the Mayans, right, or Nostradamus, in their mind's eye, primitives, could actually see the future, okay? Like, believe this concept for a minute. Is it possible, is it possible that the Mayans foresaw in their primitive minds the trailer for the movie 2012? (laughs) I think that's entirely possible that they may have seen it. In a way, Roland Emmerich saved the world with a shitty movie. I love John Cusack, but that movie Blugs, come on, let's face it, it's a cheesy disaster movie. But he saved the world! I think he deserves some applause.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's, uh, that's Yeah, no, Logan's right. So I don't know if that's really a guilty pleasure, like... But, I mean, that's, you know, like, for me, one of mine would be, like, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, no, that's great. Which is a great movie, but I think it. a lot of people would be, like, not considered it a great movie. I, I've tried to show... I, Those people I've shown show that movie. Like, people, people don't get it. I'm like, how do you not get you it? It's that amazing. On? Yeah. But So I think I think guilty pleasure is whatever you want and make it be, I think, in...
2: Guilty Pleasure for me is like a movie I watch just too often. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times it's yeah, like hey, yeah, totally. when you sit down and watch right. it. Or I'll just put it on my voodoo account and just play <laughs> and just yeah. let it just be, that's sort of the background. I mean, some people, oh, I love music in the background. I'll just have like a movie in the background and just play my favorite movie and just right. let it play. There's a
0: real different perspective change when you just hear a movie rather than like watching it or like if it's a bad movie and you're just listening to it but it may have like cool visuals you're like oh my God. this is
2: the for worst me- movie ever made for me 2001 A Space Odyssey is my screensaver on my TV I will play that movie a couple times a week just because it's so the music is good uh, yeah, there's the not visuals, a lot of like yeah. yelling
1: right
2: you know it's like to me it's like they really in today's action movies they really project the like let's see you're acting it's the yelling school of acting we gotta do the, thing to the yeah. blah, blah it's like oh god They're and then like all god. the music really like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <was> say, <laughs> <there's> like <laughs> it's like you know it doesn't always have to be like that I think you know I give Chris Nolan props because one of the best oh, fight sequences in, yeah. in Dark Knight Rises one of the best moments fight scenes is when he fights Bane and gets his back broken yeah. there's no music Yeah. yeah. there's no music yeah. Yeah. and it is Hence, so yeah. I, I I'm
0: a big I feel like music Nolan is used fan. Too much now, but it's like and silence. Used. is
1: used too little. People are yes. scared of silence. Yeah. When did you Did like, you enjoy Gravity?
2: Uh, yeah, I did. I think it's a little overrated. It looks like a video game to me. Like, and uh, I thought the ending was a little bit of a cop out. It's also a movie that you can't really watch twice. You're like, wonder what happens. Yeah. Once you know what happens, it's not. I'd almost rather have seen a ghetto version of that made by some Sundance filmmaker for no money (laughs) rather than this glorious thing with Sandra Bullock's head grafted onto a digital spacesuit. It (laughs) looks... It's freaking... I mean, I don't know. I don't care how great digital effects get. There's something distancing about it because our brains are... It is. And I've talked to friends of mine who work in the realm of special effects and your brain doesn't know why it looks weird but it looks weird yeah. a digital tiger in that movie um, Life a like, a like a Pie just right. doesn't look doesn't look right although right. that one was pretty spectacular but it, like you gotta but see there are check many, out you know. check out if you know what's going on in the world of special effects you know you've seen often where people turn their Facebook you know, profile pick into a green, green. just right. a green pick. You should look up this documentary that involves, I think it's Life of Pie revisit. It's something that's like a no, 30 the minute visual document. effect
1: company. That the visual effects company we're right, a, oh, right, right, yeah. we're yeah. not a business. Yeah, yet. and it's something, God, I forget I it. But know, just, I forget the name of the I forget video.
2: the name of it too, but the documentary is like 30 minutes now, yeah, which seems like the beginnings of a larger documentary. Isn't it like Cupcake Studio? No, it's no. called like no. something I studio. I forget the name of the studio, yeah, but you gotta see the doc and it's like 30 minutes, which seems like a precursor to a larger doc and it Points out that it's like everyone gets points. The director gets points. The main cast and talent gets points. But these special effects companies routinely go out of business right. because the deals they make are just bad. Right. It's like everything it starts out. Oh, you're doing like a hundred special effects shots, which then brings to five hundred. They've yeah. already they've already like agreed to the sets. budgeted. for the ten million, it's people working insane hours to meet these deadlines, and the companies just
1: go out of business. And now they're farming everything out. They're farming out uh, to different c- countries yeah. who do like these yeah, government yeah, subsidies.
2: Yeah. And then, and then they don't share in... If you look at 49 of the top 50 uh, largest movies at the box office, they're all movies involving incredible special effects made by companies like this, and they're constantly going out of business because they don't share in the profits. It's an unsustainable business model. And for me, being a fan of these types of movies, which we see at WonderCon, I think that that needs to be supported in any way possible. So look up the documentary, which... I'm sure you can put in the, name the too, but show but yes. notes at the end, <laughs> you'll be able you to mention is. Yeah. Uh, we'll put we'll a little addendum onto the end. Yes, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> um, uh, lastly, are there any, uh, speaking of big uh, special effects movies, are there any summer movies that you are really looking forward to?
2: Godzilla. Totally. Oh, I can't wait for How Godzilla. How good does that look? It looks so good because cool. they're taking it seriously. Yes. I always think that like so I really think that like if you're going to Go balls out on! You just have to accept the world that like it's
1: real. Absolutely. Even
2: if like this is why I think that the Adam West Batman TV show still holds up. Yeah. Because no one was funny on that show. No. Yeah. No one was. funny Everyone was buying in. Everyone took it dead seriously <laughs> and delivered these insane, crazy dead serious lines in the world now it's ridiculous yeah. having to step back having watched it as, as like a five year old watching that sh- series in the 70s and yeah. watching that show it's like oh my god like, everything's really serious like there's a buzz buzzsaw <laughs> Batman and Robin are tied up and they're slowly on a conveyor belt moving towards the saw I'm, Batman's gonna be carved shit. they're get, gonna yeah. die they're yeah. gonna die so but now having watched it as an adult it's right. like this is freaking funny Yeah. Um, and oddly enough Lorenzo Semple Jr. who recently passed away Wrote the screenplay for the Flash Gordon movie in the 80s, directed by Mike Hodges, and it's the same tone. Everyone in that movie is dead serious. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's freaking ridiculous. So I love that it works on two levels, and I think that what I love about this new Godzilla is they take it seriously. Even if you look at the old Toho movies, directed by Inashira Honda. Those movies are guilty pleasures for me. You right. know, I watched Rodan recently. Right. And even though the special effects, like, are not perfect, it's like... It's part of the charm of it's it. It's part of the charm of it, you know? It's like, Absolutely. oh my God, it's a man in a rubber suit. This, obviously, the special effects are played more real. I think part of the problem with those old movies is they always shot it like, well, Godzilla's six feet tall, and so we'll put the tri- the film camera up on tripod and stick six feet tall. Yeah. I think you have to show it from human scale. Yeah. And it looks like that that's what they've done is like... You, if Godzilla was here, you wouldn't be able to see all of Godzilla if he was, like, there because we wouldn't be far enough to no, yeah. away yeah. to see what he looks like. We would just see this giant thing that looks like just, a building. We might, at the top of his head, might yeah. not even be at a place where we could see it.
1: My favorite shot in that trailer is when they shoot those flares off, right. and it goes by him. his leg, and you see the scale. All you can fill in the entire frame is just part of his leg, and yeah, it looks. It looks. But Godzilla pretty-
2: is one of the things I'm looking forward to, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I think yeah. I love James Gunn. If you have not seen the movie Super with Rain Wilson, oh, yeah. Yeah. one awesome. of the best superhero movies. It's shocking. It's. If you're, oddly enough, you're a fan of Taxi Driver, Martin Scorsese, a yeah. uh, super... Yeah, yeah. His, his similarities to it.
1: Definitely has a darkness to it. There's a darkness
2: sure. to it. There's sort of a trauma element to of just like shocking gore. Yeah. Right. If I might tell you so myself. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I, 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 I love that movie Super, so if he captures that tone on a big budget with Marvel, and James has been a friend... For years, I met him at the St. Louis Film Festival in like '97. We were both on some panel together. Right. I think it was moderating a panel about screenplays, and at the time, he was just doing trauma stuff. And his, you know, his career has just taken off, and I just love. I love when friends that I've known like that long are like oh my god they're, doing, they're making a freaking Marvel movie yeah, they're making a Marvel movie
0: it's
2: so awesome yeah. I can't stop crying yeah, I, can't, I know, I know. Like, I, I mean, it's, 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 the Marvel movies to me are like so amazing because yeah. they yeah. all connect they train the audience it's so, like yeah. okay don't leave the movie theater you're gonna oh, yeah. get like an ending or a double ending or with Thor there were like three endings and I think with Captain America there were like two endings and are yeah. like I just love that stuff where it's like this connected universe where you've got movies coming out every like you know at least once a year if not every six to nine months it's amazing it's they're all like, quality they all have a high and level and they're different they're movies Kevin Feige who's running that whole thing is like you know, Captain America is an espionage spy movie Right. happens to have superheroes Thor it's like a Lord of the Rings fantasy in the fantasy yeah they realm, all have different tones superheroes. cool I love that yeah. make different movies they happen to have the sort of sheen of superhero yeah. but they're different yeah. tones and they themselves. have to be I mean
3: Iron Man 3 blew me away I was I expected I was like well you, yeah. get, you get in trouble with a third movie you gotta go big or go home but I, right. I was not expecting it, because it was an action movie right? and I was just I, I thought and they did so much practical I was not expecting I was like this is, this is Fantastic! I had so much fun in that movie.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I wasn't blown away the first time I saw it. Then I saw it on DVD. It's just I was like, different. Whoa. You got This really... Yeah. yeah, it is a different
3: tone from the other Iron Man well, films. Well, Shane
1: Black. Is, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I, I thought... Yeah. And, and it's,
3: it's a Christmas film. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's a Marvel <laughs> Christmas movie. That's right. And I had not seen Captain America 2 yet, but it's, so far for me, it's the only it's good. one of the the post-Avengers that kind of... Exp- doesn't explain why there's no other Avengers around, but it's okay that they're not right because he's he's just tucked away you know what I mean it's like
1: I, I will say this about Captain America 2 without ruining everything uh, okay. I, don't, I don't want to spoil it or, you ruin everything I, was saying, I see it you know, no matter what I ruin everything but I will say it's a it was a bold move to do that to do that story right and and, uh, that's, and, what, that's all I'm saying. I I love, is to
2: uh, yeah, I love the. Oh shoot, we can't. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I, yeah, I you should have seen it by now. You should been, like, it by now. I know. Yeah, exactly. like, I mean, it's What right. I love is is that you're going to see Avengers two. There's, no the there's no shield, shield, shield holding them. I mean, there'll be remnants of shield yeah, yeah. around because I think they're going to do a Black Widow standalone movie. Right. Yeah. right. They're going to do the you know the shield. I, lo- I love I love the Agents of Shield show. It was kind of slow going. Had to like stick in there. But now with this whole uprising thing and it ties into Captain that Yeah.
1: do it,
2: yeah. And then there's, like, these, like, reversals and twists where you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and I am so addicted to the S.H.I.E.L.D. show now. I want to go back and watch the rest. And yeah. Yeah, no, it really, it was worth sticking in there because I know some fans were complaining. I know, um, I got.
1: I have to admit, I did start trailing off a little bit, so I'm going to go back and re-watch uh, the ones that I missed.
3: It's so good now, like, with Captain America and all that ties in. Yeah. And it's, I just... It's, it's something that we thought, like, would never happen. Being a kid, you're like, you would love to see all of this. Yeah, and now right. It's, it's a scene we live in a, We live in a time where it's, it, it's more than real. Yeah, I know. I get it's weird. I get whenever I like sit down to
2: watch a Marvel movie and that little like. Yeah. <laughs> with the, with the like, comic pages comes up and they're different every time yeah. and you're looking at the I get, I get a chill every time and I'll well up a little bit thinking I never thought as a kid I would ever see this that, that,
3: that is yeah, new, new Line Cinema logo TMNT for me right well, they, uh, yeah exactly there
2: uh, uh, are certain logos but now here we're going to see a Star Wars movie it's not going to be the same as like
1: Yeah. I, mean, I, feel like it should, I feel like
2: Disney should Disney. license the Fox logo they should just for it
1: yeah.
2: I don't know man with this episode 7 it just doesn't feel like first of all it's opening in December not when Star Wars movies are supposed to open right. it's going it to have a Disney logo and a you know a, a bad robot logo on the front I assume Yes. which is going to feel weird right. like Star Trek no <laughs> yes yeah, so I, I cannot compute I, and the thing is this, I do have faith in J.J. Abrams because I say that Star Trek Into Darkness is the best Star Wars movie Since Jedi, so makes sense, right? (laughs) Got it. It took took me a while to
1: process. It's like a
3: choke grenade. I just throw it there, (laughs) way far, lofting it, and then it's
1: yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's that's so yeah.
2: Star Trek and the Doctor's I thought was a really good Star Wars movie. it Was nowhere even near a good Star Trek film. Not it didn't feel like a Star Trek movie at all. It felt like JJ Abrams thinking like, fuck it, never gonna get to make a Star Wars movie. I'll just make this. Yeah. So I was not a fan of that movie, but it's a good Star Wars movie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah.
3: Well, I, just, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I it didn't need to be. Calm. You got go it. This <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. it didn't oh God. Let's not. Let's not revisit we should, that. We shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's a whole podcast yeah. for a whole other time. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for uh, sitting down with us. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank and you for having me on the show. This yeah. was so much fun. I that's love that's talking again. to nerds. Obviously, <laughs> I talk.
1: I talk too much. And please, talk too much. please go download his comedy albums on Amazon and IT. Correct uh, And also Celebrity's Celebrities Poop Celebrity's Poop Dot com And, um, uh, and if, Oh and uh, Follow him on Twitter At At that Chris Gore And if you're on Instagram
2: I'm also At that Chris Gore Nice uh, And on Vine I'm at that Chris Gore And on Pinterest, I'm at that, Chris Gore. Uh, I don't know. I'm, no, I'm serious, actually. I pretty much, if there's any social media thing, I kind of grab that. So.
1: Well, since you have the company, it seems like, yeah, you got you got, you got to be uh, involved. Yeah,
2: yeah. On LinkedIn, <laughs> I am also at that.
1: Well, uh, enjoy the last day of WonderCon. No, and well. we're, we're no, we'll going to enjoy our first day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Pop your WonderCon cherry. Yay. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And to anyone that thinks that what I do uh, up here or anyone who works in entertainment and sometimes you see people with attitudes and I'm reminded of a thing. It's this guy uh, who who ran a a film studio, very famous film studio that that I, I am forgetting at the moment. But he put a giant banner above his desk because people would freak out because, oh, people who work in entertainment do things that are so important. And he had a giant banner made up that said, relax, we make shit People don't need. (laughs) Think of that next time you see these so called celebrities walking around, because we all know they poop.